Hello. My name is uh, Noah. I know. I've heard all the jokes. Noah and the Ark. Uh, some of them are really bad, too. For example, what did Noah do with all of his, all the uh, bees? He put them in the archive. <laughs> Pretty bad, huh? He also uh, built a fence to the ark where only two animals could go in at a time. You know what they called that, don't you? No offense. It's even worse. I think the worst one is, um, what kind of lights did they have on the ark? Floodlights. <laughs> yeah, I know. I've been made fun of a lot in my life. Uh, maybe you have too. Maybe since you were a kid, people made fun of you, what you stood for. And it, it got really bad for me when, uh, more serious when it turned to uh, ridicule. You know what I mean by that? Where you stand for something and you know, everyone else stands against it. Have you ever ever experienced that where you're you have a way of thinking a way of uh, of doing things and yet everyone seems to be against you um, I can imagine that some of you have put up with that kind of thing a lot in your life uh, maybe it's abuse that you really had to stand alone against Maybe it's even what you guys call racism. You've had to stand against by yourself when it seemed like the entire world was against you. Now, I noticed uh, in this place you call uh, New England, you have uh, some pretty nasty winters up here. And even today, as I was coming here, the wind is blowing so hard and I was kind of pushing against it, you know, and, and, it, and it whipped across my face. And I thought back, thought back to before the flood where people were really, it felt like people were pushing against me. It's like that winter wind that kind of turned your heads around. And it's cold and it's lonely and it's bitter. Standing alone. It's one of the most difficult things I have ever done in my life. Um, God asked me, he called me, commissioned me to build an ark. <laughs> and put my wife and my sons and two of every kind of animal into the ark while he destroyed the world. That's hard. That's hard to stand against that kind of thing. Well, just take the ark, for example. It, uh, it's, it's a huge, huge ship. It's, I'll convert it for you. We used different measurements back then. It was 450 feet long. <laughs> 
Like four times the size of this room that we're in today. It's 75 feet wide and 45 feet high. And it was made out of um, cypress wood. Cypress is a very dense wood. It's oily, actually, to keep, obviously, the water out. And I had to build all kinds of compartments in this ark and uh, put pitch in all of the joints. And uh, uh, difficult, hard to do. As a matter of fact, there are times when I, I wondered, is this thing going to float? <laughs> when the water comes around it? Um, am I doing this the right way, Lord? And, you know, about that thing about flooding people and killing them all. You know, can we talk about that? But I did it. I, uh, I, you know, it's out there every day building this, this thing. And uh, it, uh, it also, I also had to deal with... Um, just the uh, the abuse on top of it, which we've already been kind of talking about, but you know, I would tell people what I was doing, and uh, they just laughed at me. They, no, don't worry about it. You know, it's not going to be that bad. And I pleaded with them that no, this this is judgment. You know, our next door door neighbor we my wife and I were very good friends with them and we would often talk about this thing and, and one day he just looked at me and said you really believe all that stuff you ever heard that and I pleaded with him and, and I just said if you could just turn to God turn to Adonai you would be delivered So I had the ridicule, uh, made fun of. Also, I was 600 years old when I started that thing. <laughs> yeah, and after a while, it gets to you. you know, I suppose um, we all can do something fairly consistently for one or two weeks, maybe a month. I was out there hammering nails in that thing for, well, over over 75 years, your lifetime. It took me that long to build it. And I had had primitive tools. I, I had a hammer and a saw and some things that shaped the wood. And You know, I went by one of your hardware stores today and I went like, ooh, I wish I had that when I was building the ark. Yeah. It's tough, difficult. Um, on top of that, I tried to explain the, the flood to people. And again, they kind of laughed at me. You see, we, we lived kind of back then what we used to call the firmament underneath it. And it's... I guess you would say it was sort of like a water canopy. 
where uh, we were protected from a lot of the elements. And I would tell people that, you know, this is all going to rain and, and come down. And I guess they kind of understood rain, but, but most of the time they just kind of missed it. I said, no, this, this water is going to come. And they laughed at me, of course. You know? Of course, that's probably why I was able to live to be 950 years old. Because of that canopy, perhaps. Maybe God just sustained me and sustains all of us that way. Uh, so, one day, I took my sons, Ham, uh, Sham, and Jetheth, and their wives, my wife, and two of every creature, and entered the ark. I remember the day exactly. It was the 17th day of the, seventh, the second month of my 600th year. And we shut the door up and the rains came. The sky let go. And it poured. And the springs of the earth swelled up below us as well as the sky above us. And that pounding day after day in that cedarwood, it drove us crazy. It drove us mad. We didn't know when it was going to stop. And then we often wept because we could see bodies. We could see bodies floating. Some of them were our friends. And our hearts broke to see them that way. And to be honest with you, I began to question God's justice with this. I don't know. Sometimes I get little glimpses of answers to things. And you know what happens? I just have more questions. I'm not saying I understood all that uh, God did. Uh, apparently these people are, are a constant violation to God's heart. And he waited so long for them to turn. And they could have turned, but they chose not to. And it flooded. It rained for for 45 days, it filled the earth. And uh, finally, it stopped. Well, we were floating out there for 120 days. Floating on this massive ocean. We watched uh, moonlit nights. And we watched sunny days and rainy days go by. And to be honest with you, we were isolated. We were, felt like we were in a prison on that thing. Yeah, we had plenty of work to do, taking care of the animals and making sure they're fed. But, you know, we kind of thought that God forgot about us on that boat. But he didn't. We noticed uh, that over time that winds began to pick up and the sea began to dry out. And we could notice that the, the ocean was, was receding. 
And so what I decided to do was to uh, get a dove and I would uh, send the dove out and it would go away for a while, I couldn't see it. And then sure enough, it came back to me. It had no place to land. So I knew it wasn't totally safe yet. So I waited another week or so and I sent it out again. And it faded from distance from my eyes. And then all of a sudden it came back to me and it, and it had an olive branch in its mouth. Ah, and I knew that the, the water was, was receding. I still waited another week and I sent it out again. And this time it didn't come back. Then I knew, then I knew that it was safe to disembark. <laughs> so we did. All of the animals uh, disembarked, my wife and my sons and their wives. We all left the ark. Standing alone when everything seems to be against you. What are some of the lessons that, uh, that um, are there for us? I'm, I'm here today. It brings me to why I'm really here is to, to share with you the lessons that uh, I learned by being on that ark. I can say to you the first thing I learned was to rely upon the grace of God. You see, God stooped to me. He showed his favor towards me. And he supplied all of the needs that I ever, I ever had, I ever needed. He was always there for me. Now, um, I have to confess to you that I wasn't always there for him. Uh, I failed. You see, after the, uh, after the flood, I became a farmer. And I, and I grew a vineyard. And I grew grapes. And I made wine. Mm. And I got drunk. I'm not going to go into it any further than that, but I failed him. But he was always there. I could always rely upon him. I can throw myself on the mercy and grace of God. And so can you. I don't know what you're facing. Probably something far, far greater than, than I have. But you can always reach out for the grace of God. And it's there for you irregardless of your failures, irregardless of how you feel about yourself. It's always there for you. I think that can help us. It helped me get beyond myself to realize that God was there for me because of his grace. Another thing I learned was the power of a righteous and blameless life. I was just man. I was a just man. I was, I was fair. I didn't cheat anybody. I had respect in some people's eyes. Even though I thought I was a lunatic, they, uh, they did respect me as a man. I was blameless, too. 
Now, I just talked about the fact that I had failed. So being blameless isn't <laughs> not without failure. I guess I guess people saw that the what I said I did. Uh, the way I lived my life and what I talked about was matched with how I lived. I I guess I had integrity and and I was real to people. People really couldn't point a finger at me and accuse me of things. And there's power in that. When you have to stand alone, there's power in being a just and fair person. Being someone who who has integrity and and uh, and is real to people. I also uh I also learned how to walk with God. Hmm. Now, walking was really what we did back then. <laughs> That's all we had was to walk. And uh I I could sit here today and tell you that I walked with God. He was my constant spiritual companion. We did everything together. Um, sometimes we walked slowly. And I, I looked and we admired together the, the beauty of a sunset. And in the morning, the, the newness of, of the sunrise and a new day ahead of us. Sometimes we, we argued. I argued about his plan. It was give and it was take. It was uh, it was listening, and it was speaking to one another. It was uh, an embracing and a letting go. We loved each other. We we relished our company. Have you ever experienced that with somebody in your life, or you've? Been that had that kind of companionship with someone. You can do that with with Adonai as well. He's there for you to have uh, that kind of companionship. Now I have to confess that I started small. <laughs> it wasn't like suddenly I was, you know, walking with God every day. It took a while. Sometimes I. I started on it every day, and it was just a small amount of time I spent with him. But I spent it, you know, and it, and it grew from there. It became a, an intention. It became a habit, to the point where I didn't want to. I didn't want to give it up. It it just grew as a part of who I was, and uh, that can happen for you. That kind of routine. That kind of faithfulness to another person, just as you are with one another, you can be that way with Adonai as well. Also, I uh, I learned to stick with it. <laughs> um, if God is in it, then stick with it. It sounds kind of simple. But it's true. 
look at me. Look at my life. You know, I imagine you at times feel like giving up on things. Maybe the, the church, you call this a church. Maybe giving up on this church. Maybe giving up on uh, people in your life. Uh, well, if you feel that way, uh, look at me. Look at what I did. Every morning, I, my hammer split the morning air as I was pounding on that ark. And like I said, I did it for 75 years. And with every stroke of that hammer, God was with me. God was my companion. There's power in that. There's power to get beyond just yourself. When everything is against you, when it feels like the winter is just blowing into your face, <laughs> there's power in it. When we uh, disembarked from the ark, I built an altar there and I offered a burnt offering to Adonai. And he established a covenant with me. And he promised that he would never wipe out the human race by flood ever again. But you know, I have to tell you, when I was offering that offering, I said to myself, there's, there's got to be more. This offering isn't adequate enough. There's got to be a greater, a greater offering out there. There's got to be a greater greater sacrifice. Uh, and understand, you know what that was. That Messiah has come for you. Oh, and by the way, he came through Shem. Kind of proud of that. So he has come to you. You have a greater offering, a, a greater sacrifice than I ever dreamed of. And therefore, you you have a greater capacity to know God, to walk with him in such a better way than, than I did. I didn't have the scriptures. Uh, all I had was God's presence. You have the scriptures and his presence and so much more through Messiah. And there's power in that too. I hope that uh, you're doing something with it. I hope that you're taking that message and obeying what he has said to you about it, where to go and how to do it. Well, I must be leaving, but you have a greater message, a greater mission than I did. See, you have the opportunity to bring life to people. I brought death. You can bring life. And I'm jealous. I envy what you have and your ability to bring life to people because of God's commission and God's mission to you. Thank you. Thank you for letting me talk this morning and to be here with you.